The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. Today, we're going to talk about how to cut back or quit drinking in the privacy of your own home. It's not just a problem for alcoholics who've hit rock bottom. Drinking takes a toll on relationships, finances, careers, health, and families of millions of people. In fact, nearly one out of every three people over the national drinking age meets the definition for excessive drinking, according to a 2014 United States government report. Excessive drinkers range from beer guzzling weekend warriors to senior executives who rely on scotch so they can unwind in, to their suburban moms who polish off a hearty and a heart-healthy bottle of red wine every night. So these figures will tell you that it is a problem. It's killing an average of six Americans a day. My guest is Dave Andrews, who together with Jack Canfield, who's a leading success coach and famed creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Dave Andrews is a leading sobriety coach and a recovered alcoholic. And together they have developed an effective and uniquely liberating approach to end drinking's toll. The name of the book is The 30-Day Sobriety Solution, How to Cut Back or Quit Drinking in the Privacy of Your Own Home. Welcome, Dave. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, this is amazing. 23.5 million Americans are living in recovery or looking to be re-inspired. 23.5 million. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, that number, as surprising as that number is, the number that really surprised me is the number of um, the government study came out with a, almost one in every three American adults are qualify as excessive drinkers. That, that one's kind of the one that shocked me. Um, because that is, that's, you know, close to 70 million people that are drinking 15 plus, you know, if male 18 drinks, I think was the qualification. I think female is 14 a week. Uh, and that's a lot of, not alcoholic, but that's a lot of alcohol, uh, by a lot of people. Yeah. How did you hook up or connect with or meet Jack Canfield and with him? Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 there are a lot of different, um, a lot of different ways. There are a lot of different ways we deepened our connection, so to say, but the first initial meetup was in Philadelphia, I was doing an event um, um, for book authoring and, and marketing and things like that and, and publicity, uh, as we're doing now. And so what was going on there was we were I – was, I was just starting to develop the program. Actually, I was about two and a half years into the development of the program, and I was going to publish it online. And that was the initial – that's why we have so many success stories. We actually published this online first in 2010. And I met Jack about six months before publishing it at an event. And we got to talk uh, face-to-face, and he loved the idea, was very supportive of it, was very excited after having nine family members in recovery, and felt that there was really an important um, market that needed to be addressed. And so uh, he kind of gave me his blessing, 
and said he's interested and told him to keep in touch and or told me to keep in touch. And so I actually published it online in 2010, but we stayed in touch and we had, I, I had so many great success stories that it just validated um, you know, Jack's belief in the, in the system as well and how well it could work that he was really excited to jump on board for this next stage, which was a, which was a very big over rewrite and kind of introducing more of some of what Jack teaches that I had not uh, had as much experience with teaching and things like that. How exciting. So really, you get, get the best of both worlds, really and truly. Well, it is. Huh? You get, you, that, exactly. You combine the, the, the loved one side of things where he's been the, he hasn't been the one addicted, but he's been the one on the side of the loved one, watching his family yeah. members you know, um, just you know, cause incredible havoc in their life through drugs and alcohol. And me, of course, on the alcoholic side and on the recovery side, having experienced it firsthand and, and been through it. And then me with a thousand hours of coaching where I've actually coached people alongside the program, so I had a lot of great, very detailed feedback. And then Jack, being in front of a million people, over the course of his career, he really knows what works and doesn't work with right. facilitating with people. So really a pretty amazing combination. And so it was just, it was a fantastic fit. Yeah, really. And, you know, I would think, Dave, that the biggest issue for the loved one, the one, you know, the family member or the person who is watching this is watching that sudden behavior change because it's like a dramatic behavior shift, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That and also just this idea that, you know, there's nothing more you want to do than help your loved ones. And if you've never struggled with addiction yourself, especially, not only can you not relate, it's um, you're often, if you do what comes naturally, you're usually going to almost feed into that cycle, which is, which, is, uh, which is very frustrating for anyone that's been on that side to hear and understand. Yet it's, it's very true, and, and, and that's, that's a very fundamental part of recovery is also, you know, it, it is a family issue. It's not just an individual. It, it affects the whole family, and it affects the whole family, their success of moving forward from it. And how important is it to look at the real reasons behind the person's drinking? Hey, Essentially, you know, it, yeah, incredibly important. So there's nothing more important than that. It, and in essence, the, you know, the, a good comparison is also what we talk about when it comes to willpower, which is willpower can be this really deceitful thing because people think it's great to have strong willpower, but willpower will never get you sober long term. And it's simply because the reason you drink, there's, there's some driving force reason that pulls people towards the addictive nature. One of them is just the very common perspective or common definition of what alcohol does. And what alcohol does is it instantly gives you pleasure and removes pain. And we know from what Freud taught us, the pleasure principle, that anything that, you know, we do all of our actions, all of our behaviors come down to the seeking out of pleasure or the avoidance of pain. Mm-hmm. And so that's a powerful, powerful force. And so what we find, though, people that are really struggle with addiction more than others is they usually have more trauma, more things in their past that, you know, you know that, are, that make their fears and issues come up a little more profoundly. And alcohol is even a quicker fix and a more, um, like a light turning on type of fix than it, than it is for other people. Other people, maybe they have a little more emotional intelligence, they have a little more health and wellness, and mm-hmm. so alcohol doesn't have quite the pull. But for someone that's really struggled, you know, maybe connecting with others and, and other major fears, even though we all have fears, it, the pull for addiction can be huge. And so you really need to look at why you're drinking, what's really, the, what's really behind all that, and heal that. Because mm-hmm. you're never going to stay sober if you don't, 
if that's not a choice eventually in some way you want to do. And so no. the idea behind it is the program helps you kind of get to that place of where you're doing it because you want to, not because you have to or because someone told you to or because, you know, your health, uh, you know, uh, results and are that, great. And that's a big place to get to. Now, I know that um, in your book you talk about some basic nutritional guidelines so people can reduce their cravings for alcohol and ease that process. Talk about that, Dave. Yeah, so, you know, we do talk about that in the, in the first week. and. It is an important concept. So, I mean, in a lot of different ways, people have to realize they're not just addicted to alcohol, they're addicted to sugar. And so your body, especially if you pull alcohol out and then you try to go low sugar, your body's just going to, it's going to lash out for at least a few days. So on top of that, there's just this physical craving that occurs, you know, because you're, you're, you've trained your body to be used to that as a fuel and you've trained your body to stop producing what's called kind of the happy chemicals of your brain, serotonin and dopamine. And those need to naturally start producing again, which they will, but there's a little bit of a delay in that from when your body starts taking alcohol out of it. So there are ways you can eat and things you can eat and foods you can put in your body that will help stimulate the production of serotonin and dopamine, and that will also help keep your blood sugar stable because if, you, if, you're, if you're going on the roller coaster of blood sugar, you're likely to you know, have some really strong cravings kick in. Although what we don't recommend is really going cold turkey on sugar and alcohol because that's a real shock. Some people can do it. We find that most, because it's such a shock to their system, it just it leads them back down to the path of uh, drinking again. So we say, you know, lie yourself to some sugar, don't worry about it, you know, and then we, we, we revisit that in a lot more in depth on the third, fourth week of the program. Yeah, and, and I think when you talk about, you know, people worry about that if they can't do it, there's that whole, and you write about this, that whole willpower illusion, you know, so that people feel they should be able to do this because they've got willpower, and that holds them back. Explain that. Well, willpower, so it holds back in a lot of ways, right? So the other problem with willpower is it takes a lot of willpower to, to practice denial. Like, so a lot of people, if you, if you ask them what kind of impact alcohol is having in their life, they might, on a high level, say, ah, you know, not that much. And then if you start asking them the specifics about their career, about their relationships, about their health, about all these different things, you start realizing, they, they, when they have to get specific, they start realizing, okay, well, I, maybe I'm not being 100% honest with myself then. The reality is, is that willpower allows you to kind of block that out, it's a, you know, to avoid that. Also, I know we know lots of people, and certainly myself with my path, was there are a lot of people that will quit drinking for, say, 30 days, and it'll be pure willpower-based. It'll just be white-knuckle, nothing else, I'm not going to do anything, look at anything, I'm just going to quit. And, and that is deceptive because often what they'll use is they'll use that as an excuse or a reason why they don't have a problem when, in essence, um, all it was was willpower, and they'll be back to the races on day 31. And so um, it can be very deceptive. Bottom line is um, you can, you know, if you're in a boat and it's on autopilot, you can change that autopilot by turning the wheel yourself, you know, and holding it there for so long. But eventually that you're going to fall asleep, you're going to slip, your hand's going to slip off, and the, bo- and the boat's going to go back to autopilot. So you have to change your autopilot to be successful in the long term. Yeah. And I think another thing is overcoming that fear of quitting or changing drinking habits that you won't have fun. You know, well, gee, if I can't go out with my friends now, you know, when I have to drink a ginger ale or a shelter water and they're all drinking, you know, I'm losing out. Yeah, and, and I mean, the fun thing is, is it holds people like more, nothing else holds people back more than that from taking, you know, decisive action towards changing their drinking because there's this idea that, you know, um, alcoholics and problem drinkers often hold on to is that without alcohol, they're not going to have fun. They're not going to have the same relationships. They're not going to, you know, with that, their life's going to be boring anyway, and why bother? Fine, we'll just take some years off their life and continue to drink. And, and it couldn't be further from the truth, but it's kind of the story that 
a lot of us tell ourselves when we're when we struggle, and it's a it's a common fear, and and it uh, it comes down to the fact that they've developed such an integrated um, ritual and process over the course of years that it's so hard to pull themselves away from that. And so, even as simple as a lot of drinkers I know, and certainly myself included, when I was drinking, would you know the first drink I would take was kind of my permission slip to start relaxing and having fun that night or doing something that wasn't work related. Well, you know, there are a lot of high functioning alcoholics out there. I was certainly one of them. And you don't need to do that to actually give yourself permission. The funny thing is you can just say, okay, I'm, I now have permission to kind of relax, let go. But for some reason, people that drink, they tend to use that as this, this, this connection point to say, okay, now I can unwind with this glass of wine, or now I can relax. And it's almost as if they take one sip, and it's like they already have the impact of alcohol. But all that is is, is called the placebo effect, right? It's not, right. alcohol it's, is not having an effect already. It's just mentally they've created effect. that connection. Right, yeah. after they've had that one drink, it's a snowball effect. That's the problem, right? I mean, it just exactly. like snowballs. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, now we've got a couple minutes before break, so I just want to start talking about this and we'll come back. Your, your model with Jack Canfield is groundbreaking. It's called the sobriety system. It teaches people how to align their values, their thoughts, their beliefs, along with their feelings to make sure they're taking the right actions for long-term happiness and fulfillment. So we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes, but tell us a little bit about the model before. The sobriety system is kind of the foundational aspect of the whole program in some ways. And really the simplest way to explain it is um, when you get back in alignment with what you really care about, the the strengths and various talents that you're blessed with and given with given and given, and you start to, pay attention to how those show up and don't show up in your life today and then try to and then start shifting them slowly to get them in line with what you care about once again everything can become more simple instead what happens is we often take we often have beliefs that are contradict our values so we might feel strongly about love and passion but then we have this belief that once again says I can't have fun without drinking and yet having fun with drinking might be the exact thing that's causing the relationship with your loved one to be valuable. So, so that's, a, that's a contradiction, right? And, and you, when you recognize that contradiction, you're able to start shifting it and, and realizing how you can shift that because you know, your, what your core values are leads into what you think and feel every day. And if you're doing things that are in, in alignment with those, then you're going to really feel empowered and excited. But often right, drinking right. kind of heads you down a path to do things that are in disalignment, and that will that leads to this vicious cycle of, of uh, unhappiness and shame and embarrassment and other things that kick in, which only lead you back to wanting to escape more with drinking. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how you ask yourself questions, and it's very transformative, how to develop a, an attitude of gratitude, what, how the power of meditation will help you heal, the truth about positive addiction, how can we change our mindsets and our strategies? You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show, and my guest is Dave Andrews, and he is the co-author of the book, The 30-Day Sobriety Solution, How to Cut Back or Quit on Drinking in the Privacy of Your Home. And the co-author is Jack Canfield, who's a leading success coach and famed creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And Dave Andrews is a leading sobriety coach and recovered alcoholic. So you're getting the best of both worlds. It's a a wonderful program, so stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on voiceamerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you want to expand the legacy that you leave behind? Get the inspiration you need by hearing from others who are doing just that. Listen for Your Why with host Nelina Varinas. The show features amazing guests who have saved lives, helped others, and brought forth hope to others around them. By hearing their stories, you can make some stories of your own. Your Why can be heard every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone we are back We are here with Dave Andrews, who is a leading sobriety coach and recovered alcoholic, who has developed a highly effective and uniquely liberating approach to end drinking's toll, with his co-author, Jack Canfield, leading success coach and famed creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul. The name of the book, you must get, The 30-Day Sobriety Solution, How to Cut Back or Quit Drinking in the Privacy of Your Own Home, and it's brand new right off the press. Welcome back, Dave. Thank you. All right, so let's start talking now in the second half of the interview about things that we can do. So let's talk about the transformative effect of asking yourself questions and how that can happen and also that whole attitude of gratitude. So questions tend to be, I mean, so one of the challenges with questions are once you look at a, your questions based on an addictive behavior, a bad habit, compulsive behavior, it's interesting. We often start asking questions that are, how do I quit? How do I stop? How do I quit smoking? How do I stop drinking? How do I, you know, instead of, how do I, you know, get a better career or find the love of my life? And the reason that's fundamentally important is because it goes back to what Carl Jung teaches, which is what you resist persists. So if you're always focusing on what you don't want, you actually tend to get more of that. So it's kind of the whole, don't think of a pink elephant. You're going to think of a pink elephant usually. And so when you ask questions that are embodying what you really want, and what you really stand to gain, that's when you can start getting the answers you need. And so if you ask a presupposition question, though, which is a question we already even answer, like, why am I a loser drunk? Some, a, lot of, a lot of people that struggle with alcohol call themselves that or say, why am I a loser drunk? And the reason that's so 
bad for you is because you've already answered the question. You've already told yourself what you are. You've said, by that question, you've said, I am a loser drunk. And then and all you're going to now answer is why you are, and you're going to feed into that. You're going to just give more validation to that statement. And so that's why it's so important to ask questions like, how am I going to thrive in sobriety? And how am I going to love going to this party while drinking lemonade and, and, and socializing and having a lot of fun? Yeah. So and then you can go to the attitude of gratitude if you'd like to, unless you have any questions on that. Yeah, well, you know, so much of the reading that I've done and people I've interviewed say a key to getting what you want, even when life isn't great, Right? Is the, is being grateful for what you have? Absolutely. I mean, Oprah. Everyone she's ever talked to met. I mean, she's this amazing woman who's met some of the most transformative minds in the world. She says that one thing stands above every single other one, and yep. that is gratitude. Yes. If you practice I gratitude, yep. that's where it all starts. And so, um, you know, simple. I'll give people a simple solution that can change their change the way they. Uh, uh, view the world around them in a short amount of time. And it's taught by uh, Sean Aker, who's this amazing positive psychologist, Harvard uh, teacher for many years and best-selling author. And he, he just says simply, which we do this in the program too, as well as is to focus on three things you're grateful for a day. Think of three things you're grateful mm-hmm. for and why. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. just, um, and so you want to basically think about those three things, but also why. So, okay, I'm grateful for my wife. Why? Because she, you know, because there's unconditional love or because we, you know, she supports me and all these other great things. Now, the, the difference is, though, is that you cannot think of those same three things for every day. So you want to do uh, three different things for 21 days. And so by the time you're at day 14, 15, 16, for some people, even by the time you're at day 10, it might be a stretch because you can't use the same things you're used to using. My daughters and I did that, did this only about four months ago. And it was funny, my daughter came home from you know, about two or three weeks into it, about two and a half weeks into it. And she's like, you know, oh, it's funny, Dad, I was at school, I was just thinking, I was looking at stuff, I'm like, oh, I could be grateful for that tonight when I do this with my dad, and I could be grateful for that. And then all of a sudden I was like, ah, this is why it works so well, because now all of a sudden she shifted her perspective in the world around her to start looking at what she really likes and appreciates and what's great about it. And that's a powerful shift. That's the optimistic shift. And when you're more optimistic you're, and you're more grateful for what you have, you tend to get more of that and you tend to be in a better mood. Just, and just simply being in a better mood is going to create more of that in your life. Now, what about fears and doubts? How do you overcome them and live with courage? Let's say that you, know, you, are, you do have a drinking issue, but you're worried about money or you're worried about relationship or you're worried about health and you really have a concern. How do you live with courage and not go back to that addictive substance? Fear is, you know, fear is one of those things we're all going to experience. So, I mean, fear is universal. Uh, how we respond to fear is not. And so, you know, the way I, the way I teach and what most people teach a lot, of, one of the common modes of overcoming fear is just go, just do something. And often we do this analysis paralysis thing where we think about too many things. We start getting too into the big picture. Like, you know, you might think, for example, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this program and try to get sober. And then all of a sudden you might think, but that means I can't go to this party, and that means I can't do this, and then what about this, and what happens when I have this, me see this person? And, and then all of a sudden we, we just stop because we're, we're, we're overwhelming our senses with reasons and doubts and fears and other things that we can't answer. Whereas the best thing you can do with anything, you know, is, if you, is to acknowledge the fear and, and move through it and just do some sort of decisive action as quickly as possible to get beyond it. You know, in the book yes. we teach, we, we kind of use the example Yes Man, the movie with Jim Carrey, which is funny and kind of silly, but he goes to a self-help seminar and the teacher says, uh, just start saying yes to everything around you. And anytime someone asks you, say yes, and he does it and then his life changes for the better in every way possible. And yes, it's, a, it's not realistic at the same token, 
there is a lot of power in saying yes. We often get an automatic pilot where we're saying no to things all the time. And the reality is there's a lot of those that probably if we said yes to could make us happier, healthier, uh, free us from some of our bad behaviors, things like that. So um, that's, that's part of the key to overcoming fear is just to really find something, do it, and just don't let yourself go 10, 10 days, 10 years in the future thinking about all the challenges that might create at that mm-hmm. time. What about meditation and the whole idea of positive addiction to get in touch with fun and inspiring and healthy and confidence-building activities? Well, meditation is obviously one of the one of the things you could do as a, as a hobby, so to say. I mean, med- the, the value of meditation has been so proven scientifically now. I mean, it's really become this whole, you know, the whole idea of mindfulness, and, and it's been used in every aspect of healing and recovery um, from whether it's surgery, cancer, or other things, just to just to reducing stress and, and reducing blood pressure. And so it, it just works. And we know it works because we know when you, after you meditate, your brain produces more of those happy chemicals we've talked about. We know that. And, yeah, go ahead. And speaking of those happy chemicals, that whole positive addiction that we hear about, those cap, happy chemicals help you get in touch with fun and confidence building. Yeah, so as you as you do so as you do anything that really releases those chemicals like listening to music can do that and, and, and some of these other examples, exercise can do that. And so those create a positive addiction, so to say, because you can retran- you cannot turn your energy towards that instead of drinking. And a lot of a lot of problem drinkers have this all or nothing attitude. And so when you can shift it to towards more positive things and you, at, which is a lot easier once you've overcome kind of the why you drink and other things, you can actually really start you know, embracing these new areas of life that you can learn and excel at and have fun with. And yeah. sometimes they'll take you down completely new paths and, and you'll change your whole life forever. Other times mm-hmm. you'll find it was a great fun hobby for a while and you'll move on. And so, and both, I've experienced both to, you know, quite a few, quite an extensive degree. So um, those are where you can really start replacing your drinking with some things that you want to do all along yeah. and drinking has kind of stopped you. All right, how about how you heal relationships that have been damaged by drinking? How do you identify and eliminate those relationships that hold you back? A lot of the program is based off the concept of just awareness, and we teach you how to be aware of how you're feeling and what you're experiencing and what's affecting you. And as simple as that sounds, as basic as that sounds, anyone that has done any work in that knows that it's it's a lot harder than it sounds. And so to have awareness around what is triggering you and what, you know, you know, so for example, on day 23, which is before day 27, which you're talking about the relationship solution, we talk about how to identify these triggers that we'll just be walking down the road and all of a sudden we'll get in a bad mood. A lot of us don't even know where that comes from. And yeah. usually it doesn't follow any logic whatsoever. Usually it's like, I saw a sign that reminded me of this time I drove by here, that reminded me of a ticket I got, that reminded me of this person I saw that I saw at a party, that reminded me of this other person that I have a conflict with I never resolved. And literally that's some ways it'll go. And guess what? You'll be brought up by that same memory from a whole different trigger the next day because it still is there. And so when you can start seeing those connections and seeing where those are, then you, then can, you can get helped. Yeah. 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 All right. A couple more questions. We've got about three minutes left. And these are two very important questions. One is give us an example of mindsets and strategies of those people who have excelled at thriving in sobriety and life despite facing so many challenges. You know, it's, um, it really comes down to something so simple and such common sense. And it, if you look at everyone that you know in your life around you that's happy, that really seems like they're doing great in, in a healthy way, they have things that, you know, quoting that one book, 
fills, fills their bucket, that keeps them alive. You know, whether that is meditation that Jack does a lot or visualization like I do a lot or other different techniques and tools that really keep them happy and thriving. If you do not have some sort of ritual, thing that you connect to that really bring, lifts you up and takes you and connects you with the world and universe around you and with gratitude and things like that, you won't thrive. And I don't care if you're addicted or not, there are plenty of people, millions and millions, that are not happy in this world but don't drink. They just sit in front of the TV, they complain, they gossip, they do all kinds of things, and those aren't happy people either. But the people that are thriving are doing those things, and that's the one mindset of someone that's successful. They're optimistic, they look at challenges as opportunities, not threats to their happiness, and they have a great social dynamic of people around them that also supports them. All right, Dave, we've got one minute left. So very short answer, can someone become a normal drinker? Yes, but it's a small percentage, and it, um, but it is possible, and, and there's no question about that. The reality is once you get to that place, which... I'm at and so many of my graduates are, you won't care anymore. And when you don't care, you're probably not going to choose to drink because it's not going to be worth the risk to you to offer or the risk to the loved ones around you to scare them. So, but it's actually possible. Yeah. Thank you. The book is The 30-Day Sobriety Solution, How to Cut Back or Quit Drinking in the Privacy of Your Own Home with best-selling author Jack Canfield and Dave Andrews, who is a leading sobriety coach. And Dave, how can people find this book? Uh, they can go to all the online retailers, but you can also go to the3030daysolution.com. So the30the30daysolution.com. We have a whole online community there that supports the book with guided imagery meditation that goes right along with the book and a really great model. So uh, if you get the book, you'll end up getting a free access to all of that, which is, is really powerful stuff. Thank you so much for being on the program. It was really Thank great. you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, stay online for a minute. All right, folks, coming up next is our next interview right here on VoiceAmerica.com, The Patricia Raskin Show. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. We'll be right back. 